Hello and welcome to the Winning Hand Podcast. Welcome to the inaugural episode, in fact, of the Winning Hand Podcast. I am the host, Boom Guy, and I am joined by my co-host, as always, Lazy Titan. That's me. And Kaiko. And that's me. Welcome. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. Doing Thank pretty you. good. Yeah, you guys excited to kick off this podcast adventure? Yeah. Couldn't be more excited. First official episode of... The first official episode. Of The Winning Hand. Of The Winning Hand. And here we are. And we should tell the audiences, give them kind of a brief introduction to what this podcast is um titan do you want to give us a little intro the conceit of the podcast is basically that we take one card every episode and we discuss it in thorough detail everything about the card from the art to what decks we played in to what it says what it does what it costs everything we can possibly think of about a card and then we give it a rating and go on to the next one yeah, that is basically the podcast. We will thoroughly dissect a single card in the ever-expanding card pool of the Marvel Champions Living Card Game. And um, I think this is going to be great. I think this is great for new players who maybe don't know the card pool very well. And I think there's also just as much to offer to experienced players um, who've been in from day one who maybe don't use certain cards, maybe don't play certain aspects anymore or cards they've forgotten about. Um, I think this is a lot to offer to everybody. Let's start. Maybe a quick introduction since this is our first podcast. And let's talk about um, kind of how we came to the game when we started and, you know, what hooked us on Marvel Champions. I'll start. I will say I was in from almost the very beginning. I bought into the game around the first wave of heroes that were released. Um, that would be Captain America and Miss Marvel. Um, that's when I bought in, and I've been in ever since. I have bought everything that has been released up to this point. Um, and as we speak, that is through Rogue and Gambit. Um, and I'm a huge fan. Uh, I like the game a lot, and I have no plans to stop anytime soon. Um, I was similarly also in from the start. Round about the same time as you were, we got in at the same time. Um, I am also all in on everything, up to, as you said, Rogue and Gambit. And yeah, I also can't see myself stopping anytime soon. I I love this game, and I think I think it only gets better. All right, and uh, so I'm a bit of a newbie in comparison to you two, so I think that kind of adds a little flair, an interesting dynamic to this uh, this podcast. Um, it was actually you, Boomer, who got me into it. I've been around since Wave Five. Uh, I think that was um, Spider and Spider Ham. Uh, around that time, so fairly new. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a bit of a collector. I need a completionist, um, so I need to have everything, even if I don't exactly play everything or haven't played everything yet. There's time. There's plenty there, of time. There is time. There's plenty of time for me to play all the spiders. Because you're a spider guy, right? I yes, a spider head all the way. And is it is it just the the movie, the Spider Verse movie that came out, or, or you've always been a spider head? I've always been a spider head, but I will say the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. movie, best movie. So good. And are are all the characters in that movie in the game yet? Uh, we don't have... Uh, oh, no, spider... I guess in the game, but maybe not as heroes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have Noir as an ally. Yeah, Spider-Noir right, we don't have. We don't have Kingpin. 
Tombstone's a minion. He's a minion. An encounter card, I think. Yeah, he's an encounter card. Oh, yeah. I forget what set he's in. I forget. You think he came with the Green Goblin, maybe? Yeah, is he in the mess of things? Is that what he's in? No, that's Scorpion from the core set. Scorpion and... I don't know. I'd have to look. Anyway, back on well, topic. I, maybe we kind of buried the lead here because we've now given away that Tombstone is not the card we're talking about today. But what we should, before we get to a card, we should talk about uh, what we've been playing lately. Uh, I guess I'll kick us off. I have been playing a lot of Vision lately, who I will fully confess and say um, was about the point in the game when I almost stopped um, when Valkyrie and Vision came out, it was kind of a low point for me in the game, and I don't have a lot of interest in Vision. I don't have a lot of interest in Valkyrie as characters. Um, and I thought, you know, I don't know if I'm going to keep buying everything. But now, a year and a half or whatever it was later, after Vision released, in the last six, eight months, I would say Vision has become... Not one of my favorites, but one of my most played. I quite enjoy Vision. I think he's really fun. I think his mechanic um, with his intangible and dead side is really good. It felt clunky to me initially when the character was released, and I didn't quite like it, but I have grown to really appreciate it. Um, And I think the card pool has expanded and made Vision better, which is generally, in my opinion, the sign of a good hero design um, when more cards come out and um, the characters improve. But um, I've been playing a lot of vision. A lot of vision protection. Protection is my chosen aspect, always. But vision uh, has some good stuff to do. So I've been playing a lot of vision, kind of minion control builds. Recently, I've been playing... uh, I've been trying out Gambit, um, the newest hero to Marvel Champions, um, in my chosen aspect, Aggression. Um, I I like me some damage. But I've been trying to use his charge counters to their fullest extent... Um, using new cards uh, like Warrior Skill that let me double up on that and stuff like Hone Technique to triple up on that sometimes to try and do as as much damage as I possibly can as consistently as I can. So far, I don't think I've perfected it, but it is a lot of fun to use those charge counters. And the thwarting in Alter Ego Mm. from Gambit is pretty, pretty helpful. And you get to stack the, or look at the top card of the encounter decks, you know what's coming. It's I like him, and it, he's one of the first heroes that's really incentivized me to flip. Most of the time, I usually find that I want to stay in hero form as much as possible. Gambit's really the first hero that I feel like I want to flip because there's upside, which I, I think is good. Mm-hmm. I like when a hero kit incentivizes you to flip. Miss Marvel is always my example. With all the amazing personas she has, I feel like I want to flip down every turn um, to get those extra cards. You know, Miss uh, Captain Marvel is another one. Actually, makes you want to flip down a lot. But I think it's fun when they make you want to flip down, even though you know it's generally disadvantageous in the game. I think it's best when you want to, with like as with Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel and Gambit, rather than when you have to. Though with someone like War Machine, um, where you kind of need to. Um, totally but agree. We'll talk about him at some point. Cakester, Keiko, Kaiko. All right. So I mentioned before how I'm a huge. Uh, Spiderhead. Uh, so yeah. naturally, I've been playing Which a lot spider? of Hulk. Uh, the Hulk hmm. w- with symbiote suit. I think uh, that Hulk carries the game. I think he's a necessity to have as an ally. He kind of works no matter how many players in the game. The thing with the Hulk is, everybody says that you 
you can't win with him, right? But I think the thing is, the secret is that if you win all the time, that just doesn't make the game fun. Uh, so that's why it's a choice that you lose with Hulk. That's the. I played with you a few times, man, and I don't think we ever won a game <laughs> where you brought out Hulk. Well, again, that's what I'm saying. It's a choice. I choose not to win with Hulk because what fun is it to win the game in three turns? You know, that's just not yeah. fun. So that's I, why it's, it's, to, it's always your opening move too. We sit exactly. down, everyone gets their decks out. All right, what villain are we playing? <laughs> what hero is everyone playing? And there comes the Hulk deck box just landing on the table like just a <laughs> three pounds of disappointment. To a chorus of size. I, um, I have him yeah. ready top in, in the top part of my deck box. He's always number one, ready to go. It sets the tone for the rest of the game, you know? The rest yeah, of it really sets a low bar, and then, you know, it's hard not to clear it the rest of the night. Only go up and then there, you right? smash through it. That's the thing. But but that's what I'm saying. Else. I, I jump in. I choose to lose because yeah. you know then then you then your other wins become more. They feel more victorious. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But. No. I I won't argue with that. You do feel more victorious when you win. <laughs> um, okay. Well. Uh, cool. So that kind of wraps up what we've been playing lately, and I think you know, that'll be a good segment to kind of talk about in the future. Let our listeners know what we've been playing. Today's card of the day is a staple from the core set one that we thought would be great to start with because a perfect it has benchmark been the if you will benchmark for so long really it still is the benchmark um it's a core set card it is an identity specific card uh and keiko will be happy because it comes from none other than peter parker that's my boy I'm going to let you introduce the card because you're a spider guy. Yes. So you pretty much already broke everything down. So from the core set, um, so of course this is perfect for me to start with because that's pretty much the extent I've played in the entire game. Mm -hmm. uh, but even then, that's a lie. I've only played Peter Parker. I've only played Spider-Man. Uh, I'm in love with Spider-Man. Uh, so I think it's very fitting that one of our earliest episodes is uh, an identity-specific card for him and it is a great card that i think still holds up very well mm -hmm. i think it does too just for what is it i can i can introduce it um all right mm -hmm. some of you may have already guessed it but we are talking of course about swinging web kick Ooh, a three cost attack event from spider-man's 15 identity specific cards it is an aerial attack superpower that deals eight damage to an enemy and gives you a science resource when you spend it I mean, it's so good. It's such a great card. You know, I don't play a ton of Spider-Man anymore. I think he has fallen off a little bit for me. Um, I played a lot when in the early cycles of the game. I think he still holds up, but I just don't have as much fun with him anymore. I think some of the, his identity-specific cards are lacking. But this card, oh boy. I'm it's, always happy to draw into a swinging web kick. It's all you need. It's. Let's just start at the top with the art. This art is incredible. It's this beautiful. is a 10 out of 10 for me. It's a home run. I have loved it since the first time it came out. I love the sense of motion. I love his beat-up suit. I love the, the full extension on the kick against the, the much larger Rhino. It's so good. I like his glowing eyes. Not something you see a lot with Spider-Man. But mm -hmm. it is very cool to see not just the, the standard white, but the glowing blue. I don't know if it's from a comic or if this is custom art, but... It's really, really good. So I like this art a lot. That I've noticed is that some cards have uh, accredited artist, 
and my assumption with that is that credited cards are custom art, whereas non-credited cards are pulled from comics or some other you know, published piece. Yeah, I think that's a solid theory. And this card does not have any credit, so we can only yeah, assume so. it comes straight from the pages of a book. So this is, as you, as you said, Lazy Titan, this is a three-cost event. Um, it's a hero action, attack, deal eight damage to an enemy. That is just as simple as it gets. I will say that when I took this card out to prepare for this episode, I noticed for the first time that this has the aerial keyword. I know. I feel like I notice it every time I pull out Spider-Man, and I always run through my head of why that would matter, and it, it's, it so far I, doesn't. I just can't think of a reason why it would matter. Um, Yet. He's not aerial. It's an attack, and it's a superpower. So Which does So focus can come into play here. Yeah. Def focus can reduce the cost. That's good. The flavor text is tally ho, Spider-Man. Yeah, which I think uh, is a little weak. I agree. I was going to say, I think the, the flavor text is a little weak. It could have been better. For especially a, a for classic card. Especially for Spider-Man. Someone whose yeah. quips are part of his part of his personality. He's well known. Well known to, for quips and jokes and all that. I think Tally Ho is funny, but I don't think it, it gives you the full Peter Parker experience. So I'll say, yeah, for me the art is great. The blue and red of Spider-Man's kit colors are awesome. I yeah. love the way the whole design looks. I like the little face in the bottom corner. I think some of those are kind of creepy and don't hit, but this one is good. They're best when they're masks, I think. I just, I love everything about this card. It, the art, at least. It's so good. Um, it's so clean and so detailed. The, the colors, uh, the line art. Uh, one thing I do want to point out is that I have mm. an art background. Mm. Um, so these are some of the things that I noticed. I know that Titan pointed this out. He's got glowing eyes. I'm not all too familiar with the comics. Um, I read some when I was little, but then I kind of dropped off. So I'm not even that educated in that department. But So I don't know if this is like an Iron Spider suit or anything. Um, one thing I do notice is his rear. I'm liking how pointy it is. It matches Rhino's horns. Uh, it is dead uh, center. That's a weird thing to say. It is right in the middle. Um, Reinhard, uh, sorry, Rhino is politely looking away. No, that's he what he's smacking him with. Oh, I suppose you could just. I suppose you could see that angle. Just double down on it. Okay. I think that didn't occur to me. I do like the light in this. I think it's the light reflecting off his eyes because he has a strong side light on his his uh, the back of Rhino's head. I think this is this is a winner art wise for me. Ten out of ten. I, I do like I, the contrast and mm-hmm. the colors that make him pop from Rhino. So it, both characters are clear. You can see the action, the dynamic posing in both of them. Yeah, both done very well. Yeah, no argument here. I think it's great. I don't really have more to say about that. What about the theme? What theme of this card? As far as theme goes, I mm-hmm. think this card is maybe lacking because there's only there's just not that much going on. Some cards have more more things going on, but maybe I'll put the put the point out there that maybe that's silent genius. Maybe we've stumbled into the theme because you're not supposed to see a swinging web kit coming. It just comes out of nowhere. You take it and you're down, and that's that's all you need. It always felt real basic to me. You know, it's straight to the point. It just says deal eight damage. The flavor text is right to the point. I actually like. I think it matches a theme. For Spider-Man, for Peter Parker, I should say specifically. Um, in a way, uh, Peter Parker's kind of meant to be the everyman. He's kind of that definition of anybody could be in that mask, anybody could be in that suit. Uh, one thing, theme-wise with the art, I love how stretched out he is, I love the posing. Spider-Man, uh, again, Peter Parker, 
is very flexible and basically every swing every attack he 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 displays that his uh, what the card actually does, deal 8 damage to an enemy, I think perfectly matches the power that he puts out. Spider-Man is insanely strong, and he can just do it with minimal effort. Um, and I think that this card kind of conveys that perfectly. And to that point, I think that goes into another part of this card, which is that you said that this describes his, his real power. It has yet to be matched. There's yeah. no other card in all of Marvel Champions that will give you more return on investment as par- as far as cost per damage than this card. It is the benchmark. Sad that this is only a Peter Parker specific card. I feel like How this would mean? benefit for I mean again a little bias as a spider head. I think this would benefit for other spiders. I mean swinging web kick on its own and then just that damage output. I would love to see this on uh, maybe not Miles Morales. He's not really meant to be uh, a powerhouse. But maybe Jessica Drew. She's got some good cards too. I'm she sure does. We'll get to those. But I think part of it is that the spiders are all—they're all spiders. They all have effectively the same powers, but they all have very different flavor as far as the game goes. They all feel very different to play. They all feel unique. They all feel special, which I think is—it's a good way to differentiate these people who you would think would be very similar, but they are all very, very unique. Yeah, I will say I think I'm on, I'm with the theme on this one. I think it is straight to the point, just like the text, delay damage to an enemy, which still to this day, three and a half years into the game, is the benchmark for damage at this cost. It's called Swing and Web Kick. He gets right to it. He doesn't mess around with a fancy equip. This is the damage dealer. This is, this is the big one that you pull out of your sleeve and you knock the villain out. I think it's good. I think the theme works. Um, it's not quite a home run for me like the art is, but I think the theme works. And the fact that it still holds up, so we'll, we'll get to that in a minute when we talk about the power of the card, but um, that helps. Well, let's just say we're right into the power right now then. Three for eight, we've said that's the benchmark of damage. What do you guys think about that? Um, well, as far as the game goes, in the game, you there's thwart and there's damage. Thwart is always valued more highly. You always have to pay a little bit more for the same amount of thwart, but three for eight damage has been Spider-Man came out in the core set and three and a half years in nothing beats that there's no card that is on its own better which I think is impressive for as far as Spider-Man goes but also impressive as far as game design goes and power creep goes it's impressive to see a game that's gone on for three years and the power creep which is common with card games has not broken the game in such a way that old cards are unusable no i i agree with that i think that's important to point out that the core set cards still hold up just like the core set villains i think the core set for the most part still stands on its own legs not all of it but it's still definitely usable oh there's definitely some that's showing its age mm-hmm. and in fact some of spider-man's own kit is showing its age there's a couple cards that i wouldn't call unplayable but are just not very good anymore. swing leg kick not among them no, nowadays, however, I will say the big damage cards that come in kits now come with something else. You get a little little flavor. You get a little something. Uh, what, Wolverine gets three for eight, but he gets piercing overkill, and overkill and piercing, I think. Gambit gets to split that damage. Um, he gets to split the damage. Rogue Cyclops the now has three for 11. One for 11. He uses optic. Uses op- but you have to use his optic blast and too, exhaust yourself, which, which does three. Yeah, so it. Yeah, in terms of one card doing raw power, it hasn't been matched. But 
they've flirted with it. And some of the new characters can do something close, but they get you a stun card, or they get you a tough card, or they get you something else. More than eight damage can be done. It's not impossible, but it just means sure. that n- every other card that comes out is evaluated against Swinging Web Kick. See whether it's it's worth that cost to damage. And every card that exists, it's it's pure efficiency. It's, it's as good as it gets. Now, I'm not one of those who turns the game into a math exercise. There are some who, you know, they want to divide ratios and every point of damage is worth one point, however many resources, and every thwart is worth one point, whatever. That's not fun to me, so I don't go down that road. But I think even the math heads would agree this hasn't been beat yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is one of the most impressive parts of it, that they came out with a card like this and the power has not crept beyond it. So that's cool. That's cool to see, actually. I don't know. It never feels bad to play this card. Nope. Like I'm never, I'm never toss up like, oh, maybe I'll pitch it. Like, I pretty much always play it when it's in my hand. Yes, and I think that's the other thing too is that trade off of, like you said, you you're you're never really in a huge debate, an inner conflict amongst yourself of whether or not you want to play this card. For all intents and purposes, you uh, basically spend the turn to play this card, and I think you are satisfied with the result in the end. Um, yeah. I know we mentioned a little bit before that later cards kind of have more extra added to it, but I think in comparison to the other Spider-Man identity cards or how you build Peter Parker in general, um, this is one of the stronger cards in general that you could play. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, if you're playing solo, I don't play a lot of solo, none of us do, but I've dabbled. And there's not many villains that can take too many more hit points in this. That's two or three of those and I'll kill anybody. Most villains are what? They're not hitting even twenty per player, right? You're hitting fourteen. Some people 16 like per player. Thanos are, but that's the big bad. Maybe, but most of them I think are hitting between fourteen and eighteen per player. Yeah, roughly. A couple of these, they're basically knocked out. And it doesn't do anything special. It's just damage. But it also can be pointed at anybody, minions and villains. Um, mm-hmm. It's a superpower, which mm-hmm. can matter, not all the time, yeah. but it's nice to have. And I think it's not. It's worth not forgetting that it is a mental resource which mm-hmm. increasingly more and more matters. Uh, mental resources, like maybe just for me as an aggression player, but if you're playing hone technique, if you need to spend this on something else, it's there for you. It's never, it's never dead as a resource. It's never dead as damage. It does exactly what you want it to every time you need it. It's, it doesn't play well with hone technique because it's not an aggression card. But it's a mental resource for your aggression cards. Yeah, this is this is a great card, and it's nothing fancy, but it works. What's your aspect of choice with Spider-Man, Keiko? So I've pretty much stuck with Justice most of the time. I think I've played Protection once or twice, but to me, I think his pre-con is one of the most balanced. Usually, really, whenever I introduce anybody, um, I'll use Peter Parker as hmm. the starting deck. I think he's easy to grasp. Um, I think because of cards like this, it's easy to bring in newcomers because there's not a lot to understand, not a lot a lot to keep track of or look into. Um, and he just plays generally well with Justice because he has cards like these to kind of balance out that damage output at the same time with his thwart. That damage that Justice often lacks is yeah. shored up by cards like this, which are exactly... He doesn't have a lot of great thwarting, so that Justice aspect helps kind of his weakness, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I'm busy uh, thwarting, I usually get excited when I see this card because I can take down all that uh, health that I've been needing to up to that point. Yeah, I think you're not wrong. I think 
Especially what you said about Spider-Man being one of the better ones in the core set to introduce someone to. If I was introducing a new player with a core set, I would say Spider-Man or Captain Marvel are probably the best to start with. I think the others, if you're new to card games or if you're new to living card games like this, I think the others could be a little tricky. They're a step up. Um, Black Panther has a, you know, kind of a, a weird timing mechanic, and Iron Man is a lot of build-up, um, and She-Hulk, the less said the better. That's that's probably unfair to She-Hulk, but she she's okay. She has some things that are okay, but she's, I think, clearly the worst one in the corset. Then the last category that we talked about with these cards is fun. Is this card fun to play? I think every time. Yes. I Like I said, I get excited every time this enters my hand, especially when I get two of them, and it's usually a card that I will always keep, even if I know I can't spend it in that turn. No, I think it is a lot of fun. Yeah, this might be his best card. It's for me. It's either his f- best or it might be second best card, probably. Even against stuff like Aunt May and Backflip. I, I think those are the other contenders. I think Aunt May is probably his best card. It's just in so my opinion. She's incredible. I think Backflip is good, but the problem with all defense events is you have to have it in your hand at the right time. But Backflip is so good, you'll hold it. That's but the right time, time, the right time isn't, you know, it's not always there, mm-hmm. right? So that's, unless you're playing a protection heavy deck where you're consistently defending, you spending that card to defend, unless it's a lot of damage, means it's a resource you don't have for swing web kick. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of the tempo of the villain if you're playing defense cards. So I think you're just in the driver's seat more and can direct more what's happening if you play single web kick. But if you want to make a hard case for backflip, I probably wouldn't argue too hard because Backflip's an incredible card. It's incredible, but I think Swing Web Kick. Yeah, I'd say it's second. Aunt May's just too, too good. Aunt May's Can't so be good. beat. Aunt May, I think it's his best card. So, that's my opinion. I think it's really fun. It's, again, 10 out of 10 on the fun for me. It's not complicated. There's not a lot of mechanics. You don't have to flip a million cards to make something work. You just spend three resources, you slap down Swing Web Kick, and you go about your business. And it never doesn't work. In any aspect, no yeah. matter what you're doing, it always does exactly what you need to. If you're playing Justice, mm-hmm. it does the damage you need. If you're playing Protection, it does the damage you're missing. If you're playing Leadership, it does some damage when your allies can't do it. And if you're playing Aggression, it does the damage that your Aggression cards sometimes can't match. Even when you're playing yeah. the, the damage aspect, those damage cards still, they don't match the King. So it's, it's always there. Yeah, Swing Web Kick's incredible. So I think this is a good card for us to start out on. It just hits across the board. So for me, um, this card is is just really, really good. And I think, like I said, Spider-Man, you know, he's kind of dropped off a little bit for me. But honestly, talking about some web, swing web kick again uh, kind of makes me want to break, break him out and mm-hmm. uh, give him a shot again. Yeah, no, I actually, uh, bringing this up kind of makes me want to play as him again. Yeah, now I want to play Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, we should play Spiders next time we play, guys. Yeah, please. Spider-Man symbiote suit? <laughs> Got it. Spider-Man uh, symbiote suit. Oh, Man, no, that's that's going to be a device. Maybe that should be our card. Nice one card. That one. Wow. Yeah, symbiote suit. That's the one we got to talk about because that is a divisive that is a card. card that, uh, I think it's divisive. I think that card splits opinions. But we'll so, we'll save our opinions for that. We'll save that our opinions episode. for a symbiote suit. Um, they will, trust me, they will come. We will get those. It might get heated. Uh, it might get heated. I know there's a difference of opinion in this panel. I've played with you guys a lot, and I know that there are differences of opinion. Um, but, again, like you said, we'll save that for now. Um, 
So unless there's anything else to talk about, I think we're good to wrap up. Anybody have final thoughts on Swinging WebKit? Uh, I do have one. Uh, this kind of goes back to the theme as we were talking about different aspects to play them in. Uh, just a fun little detail that kind of came to me is like, I like the idea that Spider-Man, all the cards that you're playing before Swinging WebKit are just kind of him dancing around the villain, outsmarting the villain, uh, setting up for the villain, and then he waits for that right timing make his move and that's kind of what swinging web kit kind of displays for him yeah Hell yeah i think that's a perfect way to explain it if if yeah. you're playing protection it's him protecting himself and the civilians to then swing in for that big hit justice it's him thwarting the plan before he finishes the blow it's just it's a great card and it works everywhere it's jack of all trades and you know that's where i think it's okay that the, the flavor text isn't quite hit because this card's all business yeah all, all the jokes are on the other cards. All the little funny quips and the puns and everything else where he's distracting you. But he's not distracting you anymore. He's coming in hot, and he's bringing, he's bringing the heat. Bringing real heat. Um, Unmatched heat. I just love the size of Rhino on the card, too. Yes. How kind of live and small he is, but he's just... He's still clearly... He's just straight fuego. Giving him a he's hit, he'll remember. Heat under Rhino's chin. Uh, and I love it. Full extension, just... Uh, yeah, it's so good. So I now I really want to play Spider Man. One last I thing, I really want to do that too. Before we before we wrap up, I think we right, should, I think we go back through and let's all give our personal ratings out of let's say ten for Swinging Web Kick. Mm. What what do ten. you think is we'll say five is true neutral? Where does this card mm-hmm. fall? Personally, let's jump in. I would give it a nine. Nine out of ten. We've coming in. We've talked hot. it up all episode. I mean, it's good. It it fits in every aspect. It fits in every deck. It's the best. It's the Spider-Man card you always want to draw. You're never upset to draw it. You're never upset to spend it. It does whatever you need, and it never never doesn't work. You know, I will say, I'm going right with you. I'm going B plus. I think it's right there. I was gonna say it's good, not great. It's like just below great for me. I wish it did something else. I wish it had a stun or an overkill or something because there are times when some damage gets lost. If I have a pesky minion that only has five hit points, I feel like I'm kind of losing some damage. Um, if I'm stunned, if I got a guard enemy, like there are times when I feel like I'm wasting some of that damage. So for me, B+. Plus. Uh, I think I'm also going to give this a 9 out of 10. Aside from the scoring, I am a little confused at what Ariel's doing. I did also just notice that, like you did, Boomer. I don't know how to tie that into tie that into anything yeah my thing that doesn't give it a perfect 10 is the flavor text tally ho not everything mm-hmm. has to be jokey but like he's he's the quip master you know like something that isn't tally ho something about the extinct extinction of rhinos like off the top of my head you know like that that's, mm-hmm. he just needs that for peter parker that's my only thing boomer had a good point that it is it this card's all business this is where the jokes stop but also Part of the simplicity of that card, there's a lot of empty space at the bottom of that card. This The card yeah. ability takes up one line of text, and it might be nice to fill the rest of that up with a with a good a good joke about something. It's all business. It's all you need. It's, this is, you know, the game's been around for three and a half years, but is as far as I can tell, this is it's a classic card. Yet to be beat. And it's, a, it's yet to be beat. The fact that it's still establishing the benchmark for damage is incredible, and the testament, as you said, tied to the designer's. Uh, and design team and, and the game. I think that is an awesome card to kick off the Winning Hand podcast, our initial episode. 
and hopefully you got something out of this, whether you're a new player, whether you're an old player, and you'll join us for another episode of the Winning Hand Podcast, and I will say goodbye. See ya. See you later. Thank you.